0: Well, as you know, we've been looking at the idea of being faithful and in these past couple of weeks, and we've looked at the being faithful for His glory as the whole year really is about for His glory, the glory of God, the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ, for Him to be glorified. We talked about how we're to be faithful for His glory with the time that we have been given. Last week, we talked about being faithful with the tools that are ours, talking about the spiritual gifts, and today, we're talking about treasure, Oh, no, we're going to talk about money today. Uh, well, I assure you, I really don't enjoy talking about money either. I really don't. I'd rather talk about a few other things. But here's the truth of the matter is the Bible has much to say about money. And Jesus had a lot to say about money. Uh, and uh, it's important that we talk about it if Jesus talked about it. Amen. Amen. And so we need to talk about that. So, But we need to talk about how being faithful for His glory with our treasure. Well, you say, well, already you, you thought in your mind, what treasure? I don't have any treasure. Well, my little bit certainly couldn't be considered treasure. Well, the truth of the matter is, well, the, is that we treasure what treasure we do have. Amen? We treasure what treasure we do have. And as American citizens, in comparison to the rest of the world, we really are a wealthy society. If you look back at 2013, uh, if you lived on uh, $18,000 or just a little bit more than that a year, you were considered high income by global standards. $18,000 a year, you were considered high income by way of the global standards. And even if you made over $3,000 a year, just at $3,650 per year, you were considered middle income if you compared to global economy. So when you look at what we're making today in America, we really are a wealthy nation. Now, we certainly do have our poverty, that is for sure. But largely, we are a very prosperous and a very wealthy nation. Well, maybe that's the reason why, because we are a wealthy nation, that we don't like to hear messages about our treasure. Because we treasure our treasure so much, we want to do whatever we want with our money. Well, I want us to look at the Bible this morning and see what the Bible says and then understand that under the Lordship of Jesus Christ, we are called to be faithful in every area of our lives. And that includes our finances. Every area. He is the listen. If he's the Lord of your life over your time and over the tools and every part about you, then he is also the Lord over your finances as well. Amen. He is to be the Lord over every aspect of all of our lives. And so because and the reason is because it touches every part of our life. This is important for us to understand. It touches every part of our life. It's important to everyday life. And so how we treat our money, what we do with our money, reveals where our heart's treasure really is. And we think about our heart's treasure. Is it in the stuff of this world or is it something better? Well, I want you to turn with me to Second Corinthians chapter nine. We're going to look at verses five through fifteen. And we're going to look at this passage of Scripture together. And I'm going to read that for us, but in honor and reverence to the Word of God, if you please stand as I read 2 Corinthians 9, starting at verse 5, going through verse 15. The Bible says, Therefore I thought it necessary necessary to exhort the brethren to go to you ahead of time and prepare your generous gift beforehand, which you had previously uh, uh, promised, that it may be ready as a matter of generosity and not as a grudging obligation. Paul says, But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. God's able to make all grace abound toward you, that you always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work. As it is written, he has dispersed abroad; he's given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. Now may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food supply and multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness, while you are enriched in everything for all liberality, which causes thanksgiving through us to God. For the administration of this service not only supplies the needs of the saints, but also is abounding through many thanksgivings to God. While through the proof of this ministry they glorify God for the obedience of your confession to the gospel of Christ. For your Liberal sharing with them and all men. And by their prayer for you, who long for you because of the exceeding grace of God in you, thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for the reading of your word. We pray, Lord, that you would speak to us today uh, through your word about our treasure, what we consider to be our treasure here uh, on this earth. We pray, Lord, that you would have your way in every heart and every life today, that you would guide and direct us. Uh, Lord, may your spirit have the freedom to move in hearts and lives. But we pray most of all that there be someone here who doesn't know Jesus as the Lord and Savior of life, that, Lord, you would use our time together to draw them to yourself. But, Lord, may each of us know that we're in your presence today and that you're charging us and and, and calling us to yourself to be the people of God that you want us to be. Lord, may the words of my mouth, meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer, for it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Well, as you look at the outline in the bulletin today, we are talking about being certain kinds of givers. And if you are a guest with us today, you need to understand that I do not preach on money every Sunday, okay? Uh, Very seldom does it happen, but as we come to it, we have to preach on what God's Word says. But nevertheless, today we're looking at these four four, uh, things here in your bulletin. Uh, The first thing is to be a generous giver. Be a generous giver. Now, as we come into 2 Corinthians chapter 9, it's important to know the context of where this passage is coming from. As we look at 2 Corinthians chapter 9, we find that Paul is talking to the church at Corinth about an offering that they were collecting uh, for the Christians who were in the Jerusalem church. And in that church at that time, the church was going through a severe famine. They were going through some real difficulties, and so an offering was needed to help the Christians there in Jerusalem. And the church at Corinth had promised to help them as they were indeed a very prosperous people And they had the means in which to help the church there in Jerusalem. So as word about the Corinthians' willingness to help went out to the surrounding areas and to the churches out in other areas, there were other churches that were also motivated to give just like they had heard the Corinthians were wanting to give. And one of those churches was a, a church in Macedonia, which was a very much less wealthy church than the church at Corinth. And the church at Macedonia had already given their offering. But the Corinthians were being slow to give that which they had promised. And so what Paul does here as we come to this passage of Scripture is he is challenging them to be faithful with their treasure. To be faithful for his glory, for the glory of God with their treasure. And so we see here the challenge that they are to be a generous Giver or to be generous givers. If you look at verse 5 again, the Bible says, Therefore, I thought it necessary to exhort the brethren to go to you ahead of time and prepare your generous gift beforehand, which you had previously promised, that it may be ready as a matter of, watch this, of generosity and not as of a grudging obligation. The word, therefore, generous or generosity means blessing. And so Paul was encouraging them to prepare their blessing of this generous gift to be used by the saints in Jerusalem. He's encouraged them as a matter of generosity or blessing instead of it being a grudging obligation. Now, isn't that interesting? To give as a blessing, as a gen- to be generous, or to have a grudging obligation. And in reality, there's only one of two ways in which we give our finances. We either do it with a generous heart or we do it because it's a grudging obligation. So I wonder today, do we seek to be a blessing or do we give because it's what we have to do? Now, that's a good question to ask ourselves, isn't it? When I give financially, when I give Do I give because I have to or do I give because it is a blessing and I want to be a blessing? The grudging obligation, the words have the connotation of grasping for more, being greedy. It means to give with a desire for what you are going to get out of it. You give because you think you're going to get something out of it on the other end. Or you're holding back even at the expense of others. That's what this word means. It means both of those. But either way, this, is the, this, this way of thinking, a grudging obligation, is a pagan way of thinking. It's not the thinking of someone who was redeemed. Giving with a grudging obligation is not giving with a generous heart. We are to be, as believers in Jesus Christ, we're to be people who are generous givers. Now, I'm not expecting a lot of amens today, all right? I know. I understand that. But that is the truth. So I'll amen myself today, okay? So amen, that's what that means. I want you to see this quote by Billy Graham. Billy Graham says this, God has given us two hands, one to receive with and the other to give with. We are not cisterns or reservoirs made for hoarding, but rather we are channels made for giving. Boy, that is a beautiful word, isn't it? That's who we are. As God's people, as believers in Jesus Christ, we're just channels for giving. We're not to hoard stuff. Everything we have is a gift from God. Everything we have. And so we're to be generous, generous givers. Look at the word says in verse 6. But this I say: He who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. He who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So the Bible is telling us here that the Lord blesses generous giving. It's the principle of sowing and reaping. So if you sow little, then you will reap little. If you sow bountifully, the Bible says you will reap bountifully. I know uh, there was a time in our life when I had a garden, and I and I found out the hard way that you needed to sow a lot of seed to be able to get something to come up. I thought I was being a good steward of the seed. When I would just put a little one here, and then go down a little one here, and a little one here. And what I found is that all those seeds don't always come up. But if you sow bountifully, a lot comes up. Amen? Sow bountifully, you reap bountifully. Now, this principle is not for us to say, Oh, well then, okay, then what I'm going to do is I'm going to give my hundred, but I want the Lord now to bless me with a thousand. So if that's what that means. No, that's not what he's talking about here. The blessing see, we, we receive from the Lord may not be in finances, but may be in other ways. So we need to ask ourselves about this idea of being a generous giver, is what's the motive of my heart in giving? When I give, what's the motive of my heart? Is it because I have to? Is it because if I don't, then the Lord will not bless me, which means I have to. Or does it mean, is it because if I do, then He will bless me? If, if I do this, then He'll bless me. And if we have that, I do. That's also sort of, uh, I still have to because I'm looking for Him to bless me. Or do we give not because we have to, but because we get to? There's a huge difference, amen? A huge difference. We get to be a blessing to others. We get to be a blessing with our treasure. And I want to because of all that he has done for me. It's because it's to be a generous heart, friends. And a generous heart really comes from having a relationship with Jesus Christ. When we have a relationship with Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit working within us works within us and makes us to be a generous people as we have that relationship with Him, and we, He continually transforms us to be more like Him, then we will be generous givers who are, watch this, who are cheerful in our giving. Are you kidding me, Pastor? You mean not only do I have to be a generous giver, but i got to be happy about it? That's exactly right. Man, you're all getting it. That's good. Look at verse 7. It says in verse seven. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. John MacArthur says it this way in explaining this verse. He's, he's in this verse. He said the Greek word for cheerful is the word from which we get the word hilarious. He said, which suggests that God loves a heart that is enthusiastically thrilled with the pleasure of giving. It thrills us. To be able to give. Being faithful for his glory with our treasure is being a generous giver, believers. Not that we hold anything back. It doesn't hold back. Nor is he one who gives only because he has to. Nor is he one who gives because of only what he will get in return. But rather we are generous givers with cheerful hearts because we get to and we want to. So we are to be a generous giver as believers in Jesus Christ, being faithful with the treasure that's been given to us for His glory. But not only are we to be generous givers, but the Bible also shows us here that we're also to be Godward givers. Godward givers, meaning we're giving toward Him and to Him and for Him. When we look at verse 7 just a minute ago, it tells us here that we saw that God loves a cheerful giver. God loves a cheerful giver. Now, what does that tell me about our God? That tells me that he knows what I'm giving. He knows about my giving, but he also knows the heart that's behind it. He knows that I'm a giver. He knows if I'm a cheerful giver. Amen? And so as we give, here's the thing. We are giving to him. We're giving to the Lord. When you give of your finances, when you give of your treasure, you're not giving to God pastor, you're not giving to a deacon, you're not giving to a church, you are giving to the Lord. And look at verse 12, it tells us here, Paul says, as inspired by the Holy Spirit, for the administration of this service not only supplies the needs of the saints, but also is abounding through many thanksgivings to God. For the administration of this service, notice that word service, Paul introduces a new word for the offering when he calls it a service. Because that word service there means a priestly service. So once again, Paul has lifted this offering to its highest level possible as he's trying to get the Corinthians to to come through with what they promised they would do in the being faithful with their treasure, to give faithfully. And so he's lifting this up as a a spiritual sacrifice. So the word means that, that... they were to see the collection as a spiritual sacrifice that they're presenting to God just as a priest was to present a costly sacrifice on the altar. You're bringing this service, this, this priestly service, this sacrifice. You're bringing this gift to the Lord. Beloved, when we give our treasure, we give Godward. We give to Him. And as we give Godward, you need to understand that He is faithful To his promises. The Lord has never broken one of his promises, ever. He is faithful to his promises. Listen, when we give our treasures to the Lord, he promises us that he will provide. He promises that he will provide. No, we don't just give so that he will provide, but we give trusting that he will provide. There's a difference. The question then is, Do you believe him and do you believe his promises? I was reading a story about a a, a fellow who, a pastor, who was talking to a church member about giving a tithe. And the church member was having trouble with this whole concept of giving a tenth of his income to the Lord through the church. And one day he revealed his doubts to his minister and he said to the pastor, he said, Pastor, I I just don't see how I can give 10% of my income to the church when I can't even keep on top of all of our bills. The pastor turned to him and said, Brother John, he said, if I promise, listen, if I promise to make up the difference in your bills, if you should fall short, do you think that you could try tithing for just a month? Well, John thought about that thing. He said, well, pastor, I'll tell you what, sure, if you promise that you'll make up any shortage, I guess I could try tithing for one month. And pastor said, hmm. Now, what do you think about that, John? You say you'd be willing to put your trust in a mere man like myself who possesses so little materially, but you couldn't trust your heavenly Father who owns the whole universe? Come to find out, John started tithing that next week and was faithful all of his life. Amen? I'm here to tell you, friends, God will provide. God has been faithful to provide. He will continue to provide. Look at verses 8 through 11. The Bible says, And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you always, having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance in every good work. Do you notice all the alls and the every there? God owns it all. Verse 9, as it was written, he is dispersed abroad, he's given to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. Verse 10, now may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food supply and multiply the seed that you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness while you are enriched in everything for all liberality which causes thanksgiving through us to God. Beloved, we are to be a Godward giver, giving unto him as we give our finances, as we give our treasures to him to be faithful in our giving, to be faithful with the treasures, because here's the thing that you need to know. You can never, ever outgive God. You can never outgive Him. And so as we give of our treasure, as we give of our finances to the Lord, we give to Him as an act of worship to Him, and He provides. Listen to a couple of scriptures here that uh, tell us about the promises of God. In Proverbs 11, Verses 24 and 25, it says, There's one who scatters, yet increases more. And there's one who withholds more than is right, but it leads to poverty. Verse 25, The generous soul, watch this, The generous soul will be made rich, and he who waters will also be watered himself. You go to the New Testament, Luke chapter 6, verse 38. Jesus says, Give it will be given to you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. If you go to back into the, to Malachi chapter 3, verse 10, you know this passage, Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. And try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. And then one more in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9 and 10, the Bible says this, Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the fruits of all your increase, so your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. Beloved, I have seen it in my own life and the lives of countless others that God is faithful to his promises. When we give, you cannot outgive God, and he is faithful to provide all that we need. He is faithful. He keeps his promises. We are to be Godward givers, giving to him, worshiping him as we give with a cheerful, generous giving, trusting him with our giving. And this is being faithful for his glory with our treasurer. So we see the Bible says to be not only a generous giver, but also be a Godward giver, but then thirdly, also to be a goal giver. Not a gold, like G-O-L-D, but goal, G-O-A-L, a a goal giver. So as we give Godward with a generous heart and a cheerful heart, we need to understand that when we give of our finances, when we give our treasure, it is to help others. And the best way to help others is, Is to point people to Jesus Christ. Amen? Isn't that the greatest help that we can give to anybody? Is to point them to Jesus Christ? And as we give through the church unto the Lord, we're giving. To help other people. When we give our tithes and offerings to the church, you're helping other people come to know Jesus Christ as Savior. For our goal in giving is as giving to others is for the Lord to be glorified in this, but also to help point people to Him. Look at verse eleven again. He says, While you are enriched in everything, for all liberality which causes thanksgiving through us. To God as you've been given all these things if you, if you have the, the, the prosperous wealth as you have treasures you have the finances and you give it causes thanksgiving through us to God when you when you give it causes people to be thankful because it has helped them and people are grateful for you and your contribution contribution and they're thankful to the Lord for your willingness to be generous why is that we'll look at verses 12 through 13. For the administration of the service not only supplies the needs of the saints, but also is bounding through many thanksgivings to God, while through the proof of this ministry, they glorify God for the obedience of your confession to the gospel of Christ and for your liberal sharing with them and all men. So what happens is is that we give, it meets needs. When we give... Unto the Lord, through the church, with our tithes and offerings, it causes God to be glorified because of your generosity, and the gospel is advanced. The gospel advanced is advanced through our giving. I have a video I want you to see real quick uh, about passing the plate to show that, that it does touch in so many different ways how it's able to help people through serving, but also to point people to Jesus. So watch this video real quick. As we give generously, with a cheerful heart, Godward, our goal, of course, is to be faithful for his glory and meet people where they are and to point them to Jesus. And as we do that, that as we give faithfully to the Lord, it's, it, it becomes more and more of a reality to meet people where they are and point them to Jesus. So let me just try to explain to that to you from a practical standpoint here at Mount Pleasant. You see, as we give our tithes, and yes, I do believe that a tithe is 10%. Because the 10% is what's spelled out in the Word of God. Tithe itself means a tenth given to us by the Scripture. As a matter of fact, in Malachi chapter 3, verse 10, it tells us to bring all the tithes into the storehouse. And then Jesus speaks in Luke eleven forty-two 42, as he's talking to the Pharisees about some things, that going about their traditions. He says, Woe to you, Pharisees, for you tithe, mint, and rue, and all manners of herbs, and pass by justice and the love of God. These you ought to have done... Without leaving the others undone. So he says, yes, you're doing, you're, you're, you shouldn't be leaving out the justice and the love of God, but also you need to continue doing what you were doing, which is giving of the tithe. So it's very clear that we're to continue to give a tithe to the Lord. It's very scriptural, it's what God has commanded for us. And as you give that tithe through Mount Pleasant Baptist Church, it helps people be pointed to Jesus, not only in our community and in our state, but also internationally. So when you are faithful with your treasure, giving generously God word, you are helping other people. So, okay, well, where does the money go? Well, that's a good question when we give our tithes and our offerings. Well, there's quite a few things where the money goes. Uh, believe it or not, uh, the electric company, the insurance company, the gas company, the phone company, don't let us do this for free. I know that's hard to believe that they would, not, they would make a church pay for those things, but they do. And so we have to pay for the upkeep of the church. Of course, that's, that's a given. Then there's the salaries of the staff and the administrative work. Of course, that's, that is, is, is certainly a given. But also the supplies that we do here. But here's the thing. Is as we give and these things are taken care of, the church is being helped to help you to help other people pointing them to Jesus Christ. It's all for the glory of God to equip the saints to meet people where they are and to point them to Jesus. We use this facility to equip the saints, to encourage the body, and to help you use the tools that God has given you to be his servants. So not only does the money take care of the logistical things, the practical things, but you need to also know that the money also supports various ministries of our church, events that take place, activities and local outreach that are vitally important in our community, and missions that take place right here but also around the world. There's another thing at the end of that video you may have seen where it said cooperative program together. Now, there's another video, but I'm not going to show that video this this morning. But I want to tell you a little bit about the cooperative program. The cooperative program is what every Southern Baptist church in the Southern Baptist Convention will send a portion of its budget or a portion of its funds to this big pot called the cooperative program. And from this pot... A portion will stay in the state in which it comes from, and the other goes to the national headquarters in Nashville. And from there, it goes to our missions organizations, to the North American Mission Board, to the International Mission Board, to support our missionaries, as well as to the South, to all the seminaries, like Southeastern and Southern and Southwestern. There are six seminaries. It goes and it helps subsidize the education of our ministers who are in the seminaries as well. And so in our church, we, we have uh, brought our budget up, and we have brought uh, the, the uh, amount to, 8% of our budget will go to the cooperative program. And that's what we voted on to do for this year. The goal is to eventually get us to 10%, which by God's grace and for His glory we're going to do next year be at 10%. That's the goal. But we need to understand that this money goes to help when we give in of our tithes and offerings, it goes to help our missionaries who are on the field, our pastors who are in the, in the schools being subsidized to them, the Religious and Ethics uh, and so the ethics and Religious, Religious Liberty Commission, getting tongue-tied, on that commission that's in Washington, who's like our uh, lobbying group that is for Southern Baptists in Washington who speaks for Southern Baptists there. And so it goes to support all these. So this is a part of what the cooperative program does when we give our tithes. Now, There are other opportunities that we give here at Mount Pleasant that goes above and beyond the tithe when we have special opportunities to give through offerings. At the end of our service today, when you walk out the doors, there'll be ushers back there for the love offering for our Gideons. And so we want to support the Gideon ministry so that the gospel can get into uh, all the nations, into the schools, into all the different places where we can have uh, the word of God to be able to get to. But also you'll find in the the foyer, there's a board there for the Happy Hundreds, which is another way in which you can give today uh, for supporting the youth, the student ministry of our church. These help the scholarships for all the activities and events and ministries we have when there's a cost and some students can't afford to go. This helps the student ministry of our church. There are other offerings that we take up. The Annie Armstrong Easter offering that we take up in the spring for our North American missions. The Lottie Moon Christmas offering, which takes place in the, around Christmas time uh, for our international missions. And then in September, we take up an offering called Vision Virginia that supports our missionaries right here in the state of Virginia. And let me just say how thankful I am for you and how what you, God has done through you in your giving so far. I'm so grateful that last year I think we gave the highest we've ever given an Annie Armstrong Easter offering. We gave the highest we would ever given a Lottie Moon Christmas offering for missions and, and international missions. Gave the highest we would ever given for Vision Virginia. Praise God. Amen. For what you guys have done, how God has used you and we've met these goals and great things have taken place. And so we're so thankful for all that you've given and met the budget last year and exceeded the budget. So just so thankful. I don't want that to be misplaced. I want you to know that we're truly thankful for your faithful giving to the Lord. And understand that as we give, that there's a purpose behind it, that we're giving generously. We're giving to the Lord and with the goal of helping people come to know Jesus Christ wherever they may be. You may not know that there's another way in which you can give uh, systematically it's called the GIO the Global Impact Offering. And so instead of you trying to find some funds in the spring for Annie or for the uh, the Christmas time for Lottie or September, you can systematically give and Give to this, you can write it down on your envelope, or you can find it on the kiosk, the GIO, the Global Impact Offering. And so a portion of what you give is divided up in that Global Impact Offering. So you give to the Global Impact Offering, and that money is then divided. About 50% will go to Dilaudi Moon, about 25% will go to Annie Armstrong. So it's a systematic way of you giving in each month, if you would like, or each week, or whatever. But it is to be above and beyond the tithe. It's an offering. There's another thing that uh, we've talked about just in the recent weeks in which you can help to give to help people come to know Jesus is to help us to pay down the debt of this building. Well, preacher, how does that going to help us to point people to Jesus? Well, that's a great question. As we mentioned a few weeks ago, we were at nine, right at $900,000 and we're just a little below that now. Praise God uh, on how much we owe on this building. And the way that that will help us to point people to Jesus is that when we get out from under this debt, it will free us to be able to do more for missions for those who are church planters, not only in this, in this country, but around the world as well. It will free us to do some of those things that I believe God wants us to do. And so our goal is that we pay off the debt by the big Sunday of September the 2nd this year. As I told our deacons this morning, yes, it is a God-sized goal. But God is able to do God-sized things. Amen? So pray about your part in helping to give that down. And you can just put that, write that out on your uh, envelopes as well. It's also on the kiosk for debt retirement. But whether whatever it may be, we understand that as we give, through it all, God is to be glorified. The Lord is to be lifted up, and it's a part of meeting people where they are and pointing them to Jesus. After all, it has been said, and you've heard it before, you can't take it with you. Amen? And somebody else said, which I like maybe a little bit better, do your giving while you're living, then you're knowing where it's going. Amen? (laughs) I like that. So we're to be good stewards of what it is that we have been given because everything that we have is a gift from the Lord. We're to be good stewards. Be a generous Godward and goal giver, but most importantly, be a grace giver. Be a grace giver. This is the fourth point. As we think about being faithful with our treasure, as we think about being a generous giver, a Godward giver, a gold giver, we have the example of of what real selfless giving looks like. Y'all with me this morning? Amen? You know what I'm talking about? This real selfless giving, what does that look like? Look at what Paul says in verse 15, as inspired by the Holy Spirit. He says, as he's reminded them to be generous in their giving, he says to them verse 15, Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. You see, beloved, as believers in Jesus Christ, as we think about our giving, we must look back at the gift that's been given to us. We have been given an indescribable gift. We have been given a selfless gift. We've been given a gracious gift. We've been given a generous gift, a gift with the goal of our salvation. And it is the indescribable gift of Jesus Christ who was given for us to have eternal life. And brothers and sisters, listen. We think about that gift of Jesus who was given for us. He didn't ask, "What am I going to get out of this? And he didn't ask how much he needed to give. And beloved, he didn't give just 10%. He gave it all. Amen? He gave it all. So here is where we need to dwell. We must be a grace giver. And as we remember what Jesus has done for us on the cross of Calvary, we also should burst forth in praise to our Redeemer for all that He has done for us. And as we give generously with a cheerful heart, Godward with the goal of helping people being pointed to Jesus, our focus is always to be on the price. Always be on the price. But I'm not talking about the price of what we need to pay. I'm talking about the price of what's already been paid for our salvation. That's where we dwell. Giving to the Lord, listen, giving to the Lord is an open-handed response to the gift that has been given to us. And so let us be reminded of his selflessness instead of giving in to our selfishness. A.W. Tozer said these words. He said, money often comes between men and God. I think that's probably why the Lord spoke of it so much, because it has a way of getting a grip on our heart. But he says, money often comes between men and God. He said, someone has said that you can take two small ten-cent pieces, two dimes, and shut out the view of the panoramic landscape. He said, go to the mountains and just hold those two coins in front of your eyes. He said, you can hold those coins in front of your eyes. He said, the mountains are still there, but you cannot see them at all because there's a dime that's shutting out the vision or shutting off the vision of each eye. And, beloved, listen, that's what we need to think about. As we think about our treasure, what is it that we're looking at? What is it that we're focusing on? What or who is most important to you? And what is the treasure of our hearts? Jesus said in Matthew six nineteen and 21, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, Where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, listen, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. We see that Paul encourages the Corinthian church, and the writing here in 2 Corinthians 9, that there would be generous givers to come through with the gift, to give generously, as unto the Lord, giving Godward, with the goal of helping the needs of others, and God is glorified in that, and being a grace giver as they remember what Jesus has done for them, this indescribable gift, as they give this gift to Jerusalem. And by the way, just so you know, the Corinthians did come through, and they finished the work, and they did send their gift to the Jerusalem church. And so the question for us is, is will we be faithful for his glory with the treasure that we also have for the glory of God? Two things to do real quick as we think about being faithful for his glory with the treasure. Number one, we need to adjust the attitude. Adjust the attitude about our finances to realize that we are just stewards of what God has given to us. You say, you keep saying that, Pastor, but I earned everything. That I have. I worked hard for the money that I have. Well, praise God that God gave you breath to earn everything that you have. Amen? God allowed you to do that. He gave you that. So we praise God for what he has done. But we're just stewards. It all Listen, it all belongs to him. Where is the treasure of your heart? Billy Graham had another great quote. He said this. If a person gets his attitude toward money straight... It will help straighten out almost every other area of his life. Wow. And why is that? Because our hearts are so tied to our bank accounts way too often. Mm. But attitudes are adjusted through Jesus. And the greatest attitude adjustment comes when we know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. When he changes us and saves us and transforms us. Amen. If you don't know this Jesus, know that he paid an awesome price for you, the ultimate price of his own life for you to be saved. If you don't know this Jesus, you can come to know him as a, with a step of faith today. To Know that we're all sinners in need of a Savior. We turn from our sin and turn to Jesus Christ in humble repentance, embracing, believing with all of our heart that Jesus, this Jesus is the Son of God who died for us on the cross and rose again bodily from the grave, professing him as the Lord and Savior of our life. It's a step of faith. If you've never taken that step of faith, all the money in the world will not matter. It's all about knowing Jesus. Because you cannot take it with you, but our souls go one place or another. Amen? And it's coming to know Jesus, not only to have the security of heaven, but have an eternal life now as well, to restore the relationship, as he's restored that for us through his Son. Do you know Jesus as Savior? Adjust the attitude, and then secondly... Seek to give selflessly. Seek to give selflessly. Giving as we give with a generous heart. Giving sacrificially, giving selflessly as unto the Lord. And I would also add another S in there, and giving systematically. To give continually to the Lord as He has blessed you. Giving that tithe. And you say, well, Pastor, I don't know that I can do 10%. You know what? I understand that it's hard to just... Come this Sunday and next week, expect you to give 10%. Maybe you need to do 1% next week. And then maybe next month, your goal is to up that up another percent to 2%. And then the next month, make it 3% so that you get to the 10% and it doesn't quite hurt as much for you. But to be faithful to what God has called us to, to be those people who give generously toward him with the goal of helping people because of the grace that's been given to us in his son, Jesus Christ. Let's pray together. Father, we pray that you'd have your way in our hearts and lives. And Lord, it is so difficult to preach on money because we're so tied to it and it affects us in so many ways. But Lord, I pray that you'd truly speak to hearts today as you have dealt with us and convicted us and helped us, Lord. But we we can stand before these people and claim that your promises are true and that you have been faithful to provide. You've never let us down. And so, Lord, I pray that you'd continue to do that in the midst of this church. We thank you for their faithful giving. We thank you for what the church is already doing, how it's working in our community, working in the this United States as well as internationally through missions. But, Lord, we just believe there's so much more that we could do if we all were faithful with the treasure you have given to us. So, Lord, I pray that you'd guide us and direct us and help us to understand that being part of the Lordship and following of the Lordship of Jesus Christ is being faithful in every aspect of our lives, which includes our pocketbooks and our bank accounts. So, Lord, may you speak to us and may you have your way in every heart and every life today for your glory, and we'll give you praise and honor for it. Now, Lord, may you have your way in every heart and life as we come to this invitation. If there are those here that need to know Jesus as Savior, they'll come and speak to Pastor Andy and myself. We'll be glad to pray with them or anyone who needs us to come and pray. Lord, as you're dealing with hearts today in complete surrender to you, we pray that you would have your way in, in all of our lives. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.